Who's there? I just marked the recording. <laughs> I thought you were playing knack knack. So what's up, baby? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> How's your tea? My tea's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, you should try some of yours. Better than that crappy coffee we tried to make earlier. Yeah. Decaf coffee is horrible. I don't think it's the decaf coffee as much as it's not like the cream and sugar added into it. Well, we haven't had cream and sugar in a long time. Like we haven't done that in a long time. But we do like that creamer. vanilla yeah. creamer. That yeah, we, but that's sweetened is what I mean. I didn't sweetened, mean. Yeah. yeah. It's really good vanilla sweetened creamer that we would froth and put on top of our oh. coffee and drink it like we're, make it like we're baristas. Bougie. We yeah. were bougie AF. I don't know what that means. but <laughs> That's what we were. It was just good. Sprinkled cinnamon on top. I don't know. It was a weird thing, but it tastes delicious. It was bougie. But we haven't had caffeine in a long time now. I haven't had caffeine. Um, I think like Monday, yeah, Monday or Tuesday will be two full months. Two full months. And I'm like over a month for sure. Yeah. Probably six weeks. Yeah. You're you're like a week or two behind me. Yeah. And so, yeah, decaf coffee is trash because they use chemicals to take yeah. the caffeine out. And you can taste it. Yeah, you can. Like we even bought some really nice local coffee yeah. from our favorite coffee spot and it was like 18 bucks a pound it tastes like trash yeah because they use chemicals to take uh, but we just bought some that's that was water purified Swiss water method which is really yeah. hard to find so let's see if that's good but that was like whole foods that was like a whole foods find that was a deal it was like two pounds for 12 bucks swiss yeah. water method hopefully the coffee itself that they did the water method too isn't just junk but yeah, no, I mean, I, but I think part of the problem is that, like, we like it with that cream, that creamer, that sweetened creamer, and so we're trying to, like, you know, substitute that with unsweetened bullshit. <laughs> and it yeah, so not only have we not had caffeine, we haven't had sugar. Yeah. Carbs in, like, almost two weeks now. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be like two weeks we haven't. And yeah, I love coffee. I've loved coffee my whole life. Yeah. I love the ritual of coffee. And like you do too. Yeah. And we're trying to hold on to that with decaf, which was actually kind of fine. Like It was fine when I we had, were using our creamer. Yeah. Yeah. I liked our creamer and our way of making it. Yeah. And it was good and fulfilling and like. And, uh, you know, I'd be in the middle of a morning meeting and have a cup of coffee. And even though there was no caffeine, it was a nice, like, a mental yeah. jolt. And it was just Almost that placebo nice. effect, I feel like it had. Totally had a placebo effect. It just felt like being in the middle of a meeting, drinking a cup of coffee, it's like you're in the in that working yeah. mode. And, but now without the sugar, it's just, yeah, it's just garbage. It's, yeah. And I love black coffee. But I, I love black coffee. Yeah. Like I used to drink a lot of black coffee. Yeah. We just haven't found a good decaf but the to decaf drink black. Yeah. Black, yeah. Yeah. We should go into the decaf coffee making business. I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> it totally is. It's not something I want to do at all. Look, aside from not wanting to do it at all, I think it's a horrible <laughs> business to specialize in decaf coffee. Because decaf coffee ultimately you just market to weirdos like us. Like you just don't drink the fucking coffee anymore. And the 70-year-old, 80-year-olds who can't have it. Right. And they're, But they're weirdos like us. They're trying yeah. to hold on to this thing. Yeah, I know. Like, we gave up the caffeine. Let it go. That's it. <laughs> Let it go. So, so, so as a business, you're trying to market <laughs> to like the worst market. Yeah. A bunch of schmucks that are drinking something they just shouldn't drink. I know. I can't let it go though. Like I love coffee. Ugh. Not having caffeine all this time has been eye opening. Yeah. Because it's after the weird addiction let go, and over the the headache and all that. Yeah. That you got to go through when you break an addiction. It hasn't made a difference. I don't feel like my days are any different now than when I was drinking three or four cups I of don't coffee either. 
It's crazy. I mean, there's points like in the morning where I'm just like, I could use that extra like jump start, but then, you know, we work out or I just start, start my day and start doing shit and it's, you just go and you don't even miss it. Yeah. I definitely feel that it's, it's been less impactful than I thought it would be. I thought I, I thought I was gonna be a disaster without caffeine. <laughs> yeah, that and was, not just coffee, but you know we have like our. Yeah, we had other caffeinated beverages or like pre workouts yeah. and stuff we gave up too, and so. Yeah, that's where like you know I said I had three or four cups of coffee a day. I, w- I would have definitely have like two cups of coffee and usually a pre workout. Right. And stuff. So. Yeah. So we had a lot of caffeine. I mean, to the point where. We would get a coffee from like a coffee shop and we would say, where's the caffeine in this? Right. Like we would get what, what double, triple shot espresso thing from Starbucks and we would be yawning and like it it literally had no effect on us. Yeah. Like that's where, you know, you have, you have a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Not to mention everybody who comes over a house and like we make coffee and they're just like, damn, you make some strong strong coffee. coffee. We're like, what it is? <laughs> this is our normal coffee. This is our coffee. This yeah, the way we make it. We were bad. You're not supposed to put four scoops in for every cup of water. <laughs> it was bad. We probably went through four times as much coffee as we should have, just with the strength of the yeah. coffee we made. It's a drug. We're addicts. Yeah, we're addicts. And the same thing with sugar. Yeah. There was a moment today where I was driving. I was going to write a post on this. I started, I was working out this afternoon, but like no, no sugar, no carbs, not like, yeah, I missed having our Friday night pizza. Yeah. And sure, it'd be nice to have a piece of cake right now. And you feel that more than I do. But like, I don't, I'm not itching. You know, you and I over the years after our first son was born, like we did Weight Watchers, we've been... We've been on this roller coaster of the dieting and the trying to figure it out. Yeah. And we really locked in a few years ago. And that's when you lost 50 pounds. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I lost, uh, I don't know how many pounds I lost. Not as much as you. No, you were like 35 or something. Though, something right? like that. And, you know, we've, we've been working, we've been working out like without. Two years, yeah. Three? Maybe three. I don't even know at this point. A couple years. Which is part of our life. Meditating. Now we got rid of caffeine, no sugar. We don't drink. No. We could probably count on two hands the number of drinks we had last year, which seems like a lot because that would be once a month, and we probably didn't even have a drink. No. God. I don't know. Like We go through phases. Like We did a while where we we, we had our Tuesday margaritas because we have to make two tacos every Tuesday for yeah. our kids <laughs> and stuff, but like we just weren't And in the drinkers. summer, like I liked my... Uh, what was it? Hard, hard cider. Yeah. Friday night, hard cider. But like, I don't know. I don't even care about that anymore. Yeah. And we would never, there was a long time where there was probably like a year where we never had more than one drink on a day. Like if we had one of those drinks, one of those oh, moments, yeah. like we wouldn't have, it's not like we're having two or three years. No, we had like getting a, buzz, a like drink. We yeah. had a drink. And, and. And then the meditating, the journaling, yeah, um, stuff like you—you you were talking about the daily messages you would put up, and yep. you, you stopped that this week because you're switching them to something else. But you did that every day for a year and a half. The consistency there, right? Right. And then, um, and now, not even that sugar, like we're no seed oils, no a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, we've cut out as much soy when we catch it. Yeah. Um, shit, sneaky and everything is sneaky and more stuff like, um, I mean, we're, you know, no sugar, like we're not even fruit even like we cut out fruit for right now. And I'm just trying to think of like more things. Right. So like I go and ground myself outside all the time when it's cold, cold showers, been doing that for like two years. Yeah. Um, don't watch porn. 
it's a very common thing. Most people watch. Most yeah. men watch it, especially with the way it's available today. Um, like, I, we don't b- binge watch Netflix. Like, when's we don't. Yeah. I nope. barely watch TV. I you, do, I barely watch it either. I well, mean, you you watch it and you like around Christmas it time and stuff. Well, yeah, you, you know, get the but... weird Christmas Hallmark movie addiction. <sighs> it's um, good. It's good. And it's it's. I'm not saying all this to like brag, but it's been this progression of growth that we've gone through. And I was driving today. The reason I started saying all these things and listening to this off is I realized like I've done all the memes that you see when depending on the accounts you follow, depending on stuff, it's the list of the things I just said. And they're like, oh, oh, drink a gallon of water every day. I've been doing that for five years. Like I, I do all the things. I've done all the things and those memes and that stuff is is true yeah and it's hard when you are so in like the default life and you're so stuck in everything and you're doing all that stuff that i just said yeah to say like if i cut out seed oils it's going to make a difference um it, you know that i won't get as sunburn like it's safe to go in the sun like that whole thing's actually a lie like the sun's healthy yeah right? Skin cancer is a new thing right. in the world, right? We didn't live this whole time living off the sun by getting skin cancer for all of humanity. Right. All of this stuff is is true, and it's really reverting to simple life and taking care of yourself. And, like, I, I felt so good. I was driving the ATM today. Think about this. Mentally, spiritually... Physically, I don't think I've ever felt better. In all of this stuff I just said, like, we're not bragging. It's been hard. Hard. It still is. Hard. It still is hard. Every day, it's a choice. Every day. At least for me, I, I mean, I, I choose to do these things because I feel better when I do them. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't still want sugar or I don't still, you know, want to lay in bed and binge watch Netflix one day. But like I don't because. Yeah. And that doesn't go away. It's like you build up the skill or the muscle or whatever the right term is to not go and do it. Right. Like I used to smoke like a pack a day smoker for a long time. And I quit. And and I quit. I don't know how long ago I quit. 12 years ago or something? Yep. And and then I would still smoke now and again. Like, we go out and stuff. And, like, so it was really when you got pregnant with our first kid, like, nine years ago. It was, like, the last time I had a cigarette. Right. I was like, I'm not doing this as a dad. I'm done. Yeah. I wasn't a full-time smoker then. But I still smoked more than I should have. And I still... Like I was telling you the other day, yeah. I was like, I had this sensation. I could really go for a cigarette right now. Yeah. And I meant that. Yeah. I totally could. Even talking about it right now, I could, I could, it'd be nice to light one up while we're having this conversation. It doesn't like go away, but you build the, you build the muscles and the mindset and the mental tools to put it where it needs to be and to handle it and then to keep moving on. Right. And a big part of that's momentum. Like change is so hard because the results are delayed, right? Yeah. It's long-term thinking with no short-term reward. Like I'm not going to have sugar tomorrow. And you're going to scale the next day and scale's going to be the same. And you're going to be like, why did I just go through that pain? Right. And the next day and the next day and the next day, and then maybe you'll lose a pound. And then it'll go up four pounds for no stupid reason. You'll be frustrated. Yeah. But you have to stay the course without the reward. Whereas all that stuff in the wiring of our brains is instant dopamine hormonal reward response. Yeah. And you have to say no to that. That's the hard part. (laughs) That's the part that most don't, right? Most don't. Most don't. 
and people look at someone who's like who is a is a heroin addict it's just like that person should quit and it's like just as hard yeah to quit any of that stuff that i said as it is to quit heroin absolutely yeah and it's also that hard because ultimately someone who's doing drugs like that is doing it from a place of trauma and stuff that they need to fix. And somebody who's binge eating. Yeah. Somebody's a hundred pounds overweight. Same thing. The same thing. Yep. You know, somebody who's who's vegging out for the weekend instead of going to do the things they need to do by watching Netflix all weekend. Someone who's well, it goes not back. doing any of this stuff. Like It goes back to, you know, doing the easy thing or the hard thing. I mean, the easy thing is the easy way to go. And if it was easy to do the hard stuff, <laughs> then it wouldn't be the hard stuff, you know? I don't know if I have an answer for this yet. So I'm curious if you do. Do you think that there are any times where the easy path pays off better than the hard path? Mm. I mean, my gut reaction is no. That's what I think. And maybe there's some way off corner case that I haven't thought of. I mean, there's always the loophole, right? Yeah. <laughs> but... but- but really, you know, I, I think if you dive deep into that, you know, maybe a part of it was easy, but then there was other parts that were hard and you just, you know, sometimes you forget that or you suppress that because it is hard is trauma, right? It's dealing with that. And so you suppress it and you push it down and I don't know. So it seems like the easy is, is winning when really you're fighting the hard battle of maybe suppressing it to make it look easy. I don't yeah. know. You know, I mean, it can get so in depth there. It can go so crazy. Yeah. But generally the hard, the hard choice. Well, I mean, if you talk about, if you go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago and, you know, saying earth is a training ground, it's not supposed to be easy. Right. You're not yeah. going to reap benefits from doing it. And you might. So I think, and that's where it gets tricky is like, you might, you might feel like the easy way is giving you immediate dopamine or results or whatever. You know, I mean, even just like talk about dieting, right? And it's like a lot of times, like you can get on these diets and it's like a quick fix and you see results in like a couple weeks and then as soon as you like veer off that diet a bit or you start to stray, it's like it all falls to shit because it was you're doing this quick fix hack, you know? Because the issues are still there. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that was it's the easy thing to be like, Oh, I'm gonna do this quick fix and I need to I need to lose a couple pounds and Yeah. You know. Yeah, you didn't So the easy way doesn't win. The emotional Right. Problems. You didn't solve the mind body connection that's hardwired in. Not hardwired in, but because it could be changed, but that's been wired over decades. But, you know, in that case, it just seems like the easy part is like one, you know? Right. When it doesn't really in the long run. Right. And like almost everything, like, um, what are you looking for? Oh, nothing. <laughs> oh. There you're looking for, what, our intro? We never even said the intro. We've just been talking. Yeah. All that stuff comes back to discipline. Yeah. Discipline. after I spent so much time like thinking about the meaning of life and what it's like to have the human experience we're supposed to do discipline is so it's so up there on the list of fundamental things 
that it required if you were going to become the truest expression of yourself. Hmm. Discipline is what is needed because life is hard. Yeah. The world is created to get you to not be the truest expression of yourself. It's to get you to eat the food and watch the porn, smoke the weed, Netflix binge all weekend. Now two and a half days have gone by. You wake up on Monday, you go to some job that you hate, but you're too lazy or you spend your time escaping it to go find the job that you love and you just keep going day after day. The part that the part that's interesting is that people will be disciplined in doing their job, right? And so you're disciplined enough to wake up when your alarm goes off to get to work on time so that you can punch that clock and get in there in the right time. You're disciplined enough to, you know, do the things in the matrix world (laughs) that you're supposed to, but then you're not disciplined enough to get up a half hour earlier so you can work out or you're not disciplined enough to pack your lunch, a healthy lunch, instead of going and getting fast food. I think it's funny because there's so many people that are really great at their jobs or at doing, you know, certain things where they're disciplined and they're just, it's second nature to them and they just do it on a time schedule and how they're supposed to. But then when it comes down to taking care of themselves and doing something to better themselves, they, they don't do it. That's so true, babe. Why do you, why do you think that is? I don't know, a lot of different reasons, I think. You know, I think it's true that we, for the most part, put ourselves, like we don't put ourselves first, right? Everyone promotes this, especially nowadays. Like everyone says, you know, self-care and all this other stuff. But I think when you get to a certain point as an adult where you have a job and a family and all that, it's easy to put all that ahead of you and to forget about yourself. And and I think people just get so stuck in that. And then to break out of that takes even more discipline. And they just, it's just, you know what I mean? I think they just get wrapped up. They, they do. I hear what you're saying. I don't, I think of it a little bit different. So yeah, you're, you're servicing others, but I think that's largely your ego being stroked. There is no ego being stroked in doing stuff that's disciplined. There is, even when you're doing things for other people that you don't want to do, that you're going above and beyond. Um, your ego is being serviced. And now that I said that, you know, your whole point about like work and stuff, like I never thought about that. It's such a great point. That's what people see. Yeah. Right? Like just like kids and and usually, you know, we we talk about this. Like if you send your kids off to somebody else's house, right, they're going to come back. They're going to be little angels, but they aren't that way for you. You're right. All right. Or your kid comes home every day and they're a shithead and you think that that's how they are in school and you go to the parent-teacher conferences and they're the perfect kid in school. It's because they come home and they unload for you. Same thing. It's like, you know, someone goes out to work and they come home and they unload on their their spouse, right? But they were like, they had it all together at work. It's like the outside gets the best because that serves the ego. Yeah. Ultimately, the discipline stuff has no ego. It's humbling. It is. To suffer through it. And um, 
there's no external reward, right? Like we, we, we're fortunate because we have each other and we're doing these things, right? Right. And, uh, and one of us may be leading, right? Or going first, but we're ultimately, we're in this stuff together and that's hugely beneficial. But people who don't have that, and even when you do have that, like no one's coming, no one's going to text us right after they listen to this or send us an, a message on fate on Instagram be like, I'm so proud of you guys for not having caffeine. Yeah. Actually, it's quite the opposite response quite the we opposite. get, right? <laughs> as you experienced today. Um, that, so, so you have to do it without any reward and without any ego. It's, it's like the most humbling of things. And that's where I think as I've thought about in kind of the last year, of discipline being one of these pinnacles for having the best life. Having a spiritual life, I think, requires a lot of discipline. It Discipline is ultimately self-love. Yeah. And you have to have self-love and you have to have a why for living. And I think most of us are kind of and a real one, not just like a fake one because social media told you you got to get your why and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it because I want to be skinny or I'm going to do it because I want to make more money or it's like that's that's just... This shit doesn't matter. That shit's so fake and it, it is. It's just, and it's ego-based. It's not real. Yeah. But when it, but like I was saying before too, like it, when it comes to like doing those things for yourself, like discipline for yourself, where like, I don't know. I And I, I, I agree with it. Like I don't feel as good doing something for myself as I do for somebody else, right? Yeah. So, and I think that that's where people just lose it for themselves and they're just like, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna... I'm not going to do this. Like I have other stuff. I have other people to take care of. I have my job or whatever, you know, and they put themselves last because it's, it's not as rewarding because nobody's clapping for them because they got up 30 minutes early and worked out. Right. And that's where there's no ego reward. Like I'm saying. Right. It, and it's nice. Like, people people who like helping people genuinely like you do yeah like i do but there's a point where it becomes an excuse like that's not genuinely helping people like right. you're helping people to get the applause from others right right you're 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 above and beyond at the the parent teacher meeting or in in the school yeah. with your kid and you're like this and that so that others can see me like, wow, you do so great at that. Yeah. Like that's you're helped, but you did it. And that's the stuff. Like it makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't want, I don't want to somebody to tell me that I'm the best or I'm so good at that. Like, I don't, I don't, it makes me uncomfortable. It doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, you like it too. You definitely, you definitely like it. And I, and I like it too. I'd like to do it do stuff because I feel like I'm putting good out there and I'm doing good, but I don't, I don't do it for the applause or for the reward back. Like I don't, I do it for the reward of having people smile or having people feel good or having something, you know, done to the best of its abilities. But like, it makes me uncomfortable if somebody says like, you know, Oh, I couldn't have done it like that. Like that's like you went way above and beyond, and but and it's like it makes me feel uncomfortable, and it makes me second guess it. And I'm like, geez, did I do too much? Like, should I have not done that? Like, instead of just me doing what was in my heart to do, like I'm not doing it for for applause. And that's a, that's a good that's a good check. If you if you go and do something that is giving. 
and then you don't get even let's say a thank you, which would be nice. You go do something for somebody, you don't get a thank you. You should get a thank you. Right. But if you're miffed about that, you actually didn't do that task completely 100% genuinely out of just because you wanted genera- to generosity yeah. which which is like what do you do when no one's watching and nobody knows that you did it right do you still just go and do it it's funny um it just popped into my head because you see it all the time online on social media and stuff and somebody like says something or put something out there and everyone's like, you know, praying for you, sending, sending good vibes, doing all this. And it's like, every time I see those, I wonder, right? Because anytime I comment that, like praying for you, sending healings, like I type it and then I take a moment and I actually do it. And I actually say a prayer or I actually think about sending them healing like and I do the act but I feel like so many people they say it because they want to be on that list of so oh, well yeah I wrote this and somebody you know all these people commented but so and so didn't and it's like yeah you could have had 30 40 800 people comment and how many of them actually did the act right yeah, so few. I mean, but that's that's the way people are. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, what do you do so when pe- when nobody's looking? Right. I mean, to to that point, and I guess I guess me, you know, saying it here is like saying it publicly. But those posts are different stuff like that. Like, I don't, I actually don't even comment anymore, and I just give the prayer. Yeah. I just I just see it in the feed. And sometimes I do this, like, actually, most of the time I do it with people, I, I have no idea who they are. Yeah. Because I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. I don't like yeah. Facebook. I spend a lot more time on Instagram. Same. And Twitter. And especially Twitter. Like, I don't know who a single person was. And Twitter will be like, you'll something will get liked and retweeted enough that it just comes into my feed for whatever algorithmic reasons and it's like something bad happened to some person i have no idea who they are i don't know who they like that liked my who liked their stuff that why it even show up in my feed right and i'll just like say a prayer yeah for that person for that situation because i I got to this point where i think that praying might be the nicest thing you can do for a person that like isn't just completely, you know. Obviously, if someone's choking, you save their life. That's yeah. way better than a prayer. Uh-huh. All right, but um, <laughs> I'm just gonna pray. For you. <laughs> yeah, just I'm gonna sit over. Everybody gather around. Frank's choking <laughs> in the corner. Let's just let's, let's let's hope he makes it out. But you know what I mean. For most of the stuff that your you go-to see name is always Frank. Oh, it's it's Frank. so funny. Uh, every time I gotta say a name, every, it's, Frank. it's always Frank. Yeah, Frank and Sally. <laughs> That's what it is. <clears throat> You want some more tea, babe? Yes, please. So this wasn't what we intended on talking about tonight, but it's been a good conversation. I think we need to carry it further because ultimately we're talking about why change is so hard. Yeah. And so I think we should just kind of finish expanding on that. Why do you think it's so hard? Change is so hard because we are driven to change to things. We're always being pushed to make our lives better. By our soul, by God. Correct. And given that life is supposed to be hard and we're supposed to overcome things, the changes that we need to make that we're being pushed to to make are never going to be easy. Like they're created to be difficult for us. Correct. Right. And this is why you could be cowering in fear over going to do something. And the next guy just walks over and does it because 
his entire life, his personality, his experiences, his trauma are wired completely different than yours. Yep. Someone's like, I can't believe like that's the easiest thing. You can't just go do that. So all of us have our things. And the things that we must go do, the changes we must make, are always in the face of all of the fears and traumas and issues we've been given in this life that we must overcome. Yeah, I completely agree. And then beyond that, you have to go make the change without the applause in the most humbling of ways where there's no ego involved. I think there's a huge amount of self-awareness to navigating change. Yeah. And gracefully. And, right. Sometimes life just <laughs> fucks you up. And sometimes and you know there is like w the times where it seems or you know the people say that change is easy for them. And I think that those people are just further along in their journey and that's why it's easier for them. But I also think that it's hard at the same time. Like there's, I, I think even though they seem and they say it's, it's easy for them to change, there's always a bit of fear in there, whether they want to admit it or not, right? Yeah. But I do think that there is, I mean, it's part of like their path, but I do think that change gets easier the farther you will, you are along in your journey. And I don't mean this lifetime journey. I mean, you know, we talked about your soul has many lifetimes. And so. So you're saying the higher consciousness you are. Yeah the easier it is, the more spiritual you are, the more connected with yourself. The easier change becomes. The easier change becomes. Like lifetime after lifetime. Because that's what you're doing here, right? Like you're trying to, you're trying to win. <laughs> you're trying to win the battle. So that's, that's a, uh, uh, wow, that's another great point, honey. I never, I think you're right. Because, I, I don't know about the middle, but I would think, I would imagine when Jesus and Buddha walking around here, who's sending you all these texts? My dad. <laughs> He's a late night texter. <laughs> when Jesus and Buddha were walking around the earth, I think change was, uh, your dad's just spamming you gifts. <laughs> yeah. At, uh, what is it, like 10 o'clock at yeah. night right now? Yeah. yeah, he's a late night texter. Anyway, sorry. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, Jesus and Buddha. I mean, they killed Jesus. I mean, you were talking about like the forced change. Yeah. They crucified the man and he's just like, this is what's, this is what's happening. I mean, the, the extreme acceptance of change in Buddha and Jesus at that level of consciousness. I mean, Buddha was so detached. I mean, Buddha's main teachings is detachment and change is so hard because of attachment. And so when you become detached right. in the Buddhist sense, it's like whichever way the wind blows, I'm, I'm rolling. Buddha just went, just went with it. And which is beautiful, right? Because, yeah. because what that is, is you're actually just following intuition yeah. You're following your soul and you're following God without question. Without resistance. Without any resistance. Yeah. And you're just you're just going. I'm not that way. No. <laughs> I'm not I mean, I'm not even like, you know, pretending or trying to have a conversation like we're in the same ballpark of consciousness as Jesus and Buddha. No. That's not that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just I'm just not even close to that. Yeah. At all. Like I, I'm willing to go make changes, but there's just certain things that. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, as far as this lifetime goes, I feel like my tolerance for change has, has gotten better. I feel like I had real issues with change before and I feel like now 
I do follow intuition more and I am more okay with it. It doesn't mean I'm okay with it. I'm just going with, you know, whatever well, way the wind goes. I think you still struggle with it. I st- absolutely. But compared to what I used to be. Right. And me, I mean, I remember being like early twenties and I had a friend that was, that told me, like she told me like you, you hate change. You hate everything about change. You mm-hmm. want change. And I think that was, I think that was true. I think that came from my childhood mm-hmm. because things were very fluid in my childhood. Right. And out of control in ways out of yeah. my control as mm-hmm. a kid. And so I felt like once I got anchored into stuff, it felt like safety to not change. So change has been hard in that aspect. And I, and I, I haven't done as much in my life because I've been against changing mm-hmm. for a long time. But that said, the changes I've made, I don't know. I've been so many. I mean, we're just listing them off and that's not even, that's just, that's like the last three years I was just talking about at the yeah. beginning of the show, all these things that we've changed. Yeah. And that's because it's on the back of momentum. And so I think you and I are aligned. Right. Like we've been building the momentum. And so we're both so much better with change. We both struggle with it immensely, but it's like to the point now, and this is what I see in you and I see in me. So I'm curious of what you see in you and what you see in me um, is that when something comes up and it's a change, we immediately accept the change that's there. It's not the struggle of like pretending we don't have to change or fighting it. Right. It's now just a struggle of actually doing the change. And I think that's a big step forward. Yeah. That's how I see we, you know. Acceptance. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, so how are we going to work through this? Like, what are we going to do to work through this or to sort this out or to make this more desirable or whatever, you know, that's, I I do think so. Where in the past, I feel like I would something, if something big hit or something big, like I would freak out and, and I, I have, I have, sometimes I'll have a quick moment of that. You still freak out. And you help, you know, you'll help level me out. But yeah. In that sense, but. But I think, yeah, we're like, okay, how are we going to. Which How is, we work through this. Yeah. And I think that that's okay, actually. I think that speaks to you being feminine, me being masculine. Like, I I, I don't know that I would like it if you yeah. were as stoic as I was about things. So it creates balance between yeah. us, right? But it it is like this, <clears throat> this, uh, now that we're take, taking this apart in this conversation here, the first thing is just uh, the first level, I guess, is is accepting the change that needs to be made. Right. Right. So you can build up that skill. And I think that comes with practice and self-awareness, mm-hmm. understanding. Both you and I, I, I think we are have grown spiritually enough that what happens when you do that is you can kind of look at things from the abstract, like step outside of your body instead of being, excuse me, right in the moment of everything and see the bigger picture. And that helps accept change. This thing happened, that thing happened. So now this has to happen and it's going to go to that place. And when you can have a bit of distance or a bit of detachment in the Buddhist sense, um, you can see that happening. Right. And then we still struggle. We're still in sort of level two where you struggle with the change. And I think I think next level up is not struggling with the change. So yeah. we're detached enough to see what needs to happen, but still so attached that all the emotions and the fears and the worries and all that stuff just still dump on right immediately. Right. And I think that's like the next level up. I don't know and what it hard. takes to get there because well, I'm not there yet. Well, and it's hard, right? Because society just helps push all of that on you. Right. And so whatever the change is, um, there's usually some sort of like societal impact on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we've, I think we've experienced that in the last few years is that, you know, 
for us, like you lose weight and the people who need, know they need to lose weight, like they don't congratulate you. No, they pretend like it. I mean, like we quit <laughs> drinking caffeine and people are like, basically like, what the fuck? You know, like. Yeah. No one's like, oh, good job. Like that's better because everyone's addicted to caffeine and everybody knows it's bad. And yeah. They know their life would be better without it. Not even like a, like a. Good for you. That's that's. I don't. I can't do that. But like, that's cool that you can. Not yeah. even that, because. So all the decisions <laughs> we've made around who we spend our time with, the boundaries we put up in our life, yeah, the personal changes we've made. You and I are both healthier than we've ever been, which is kicking ass because at forty one, like we're I'm just forty one yet. You're forty one in a couple weeks, baby. Stop. Just you're old. So at outpacing, we're starting to outpace. If we stay on this path, we're going to separate from other people in their 40s, right? Yeah. And homeschooling our kids, like all the things that we decide to do um, that just break away from the mainstream narratives of society, like we get negative pushback about it. Right. From everybody. Yes. Everybody. Literally everybody. Because that's how deep, like, the programming runs. And it's not just the programming. It's people's own issues or they they know... Insecurities. Insecurities. Or they, they know that doing it, you know. And it's, it's easy to look at... It's easy to go on... Inst- for me to go on Instagram and see The Rock make a post where he's like jacked as fuck in, in the gym and eating healthy it's like oh i should probably do that but that it's like there's a million things that go through your mind like that guy he's been doing his whole life the guy's got infinite money he doesn't have to wash dishes he doesn't yeah. you know like, <laughs> there's all these reasons why he can go do that and you can't but when the guy next door to you who's the same guy as you he's got the right. same problems the same and he does it like that that stings yeah and I don't know. I I'm competitive enough with myself that I want to feel those things and use them as motivation. Yeah. But I get where a lot of people just can't handle it emotionally or even subconsciously. Like they're not a lot of people that give us negativity for the stuff that we've done. It's been my experience that a lot of it's subconscious. These aren't people that d- dislike us. No. They're people that like us. Yeah. But it goes back to discipline. It does. And that's where I'm not trying to like talk about us and like what's been been through in the sense, but the fact that, A, you have to realize that if you are making changes or hard changes in your life, that people will tell you that you're wrong. And a lot of times those people are your parents, especially the younger that you are. Right. And so... You have to, one of the things that's hard about change, aside from discipline, nobody, is you have to stand on your own with belief in yourself. Yes. That what you're doing is the right decision. And you have to see it through with almost no support. And I mean this about basically every single thing in life. Correct. Yeah. So change is easier when someone's like, hey, we should go do this. And like 40 people around it. Oh, let's go do this together. And everybody's yeah. doing it together. Right. And that's where you got to change friendships. You don't need to like get rid of all your friendships, but you need to find other things or groups or people who are in the same thing. People that are going where you want to go and you need to spend your time around them. You do. Because they will cheer you on. But if you spend your time with the same people you've always spent your time with while you're going through changes... No one will cheer you on and you will feel like out of place and feel like you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I mean, I've learned that, you know, you have to cheer for yourself. <laughs> there, like, there's nobody a, else cheers for you. No, like you have to, you know, it's great if you have 40 people like by your side doing the same thing you're doing, but in the end, you have to be able to do that without those people. And that's a hard thing to do. 
Yeah, nobody believes in you. Yeah. People hardly believe in themselves. That's the issue is that they don't believe in themselves. And they will say they believe in other people in the abstract. Like, I believe in humanity. But they, again, the guy next to him who's got the same light and be like, I don't believe you can go do that big change that you're saying you're going to do. Because I can't right now. So you can't. Yeah. And people will look at, they will believe in the people who have made it. People will go and put belief into sports stars and celebrities and musicians and stuff. It's like, if John Mayer walks in here, he's like, I'm going to make a great album. People are like, I believe you. I got faith in you. <laughs> when yeah. he was like 16 years old, playing his bedroom, and he's like, I'm going to make a great album. Fuck you are. No, you're yeah. not. Like, sure. Go. Good luck with that. I hope. I hope you do. They'll say the words and stuff, but they don't mean it. And that is one of the, man, we talked about like a lot of hard things with change, but that's probably the hardest thing is that it is a no man's land. You are going to go stand in the space by yourself. Right. So the best thing you could do is go find people that are also in that space. And that's where stuff like, I don't know if you're going to try and lose weight, you're trying to exercise, you're going to try and start taking cold showers. It's like, that's why there are people have Facebook groups or organize it. And it's like, you just connect on this one thing that you're trying to do yeah. in life so that you have some unity and some sense of community around that change that you're making. And that helps to make a big difference to know that you're not crazy when everyone else around you is telling you that you are. Yeah, absolutely. Change is hard, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be hard. It's also fear. Well, yeah. You think fear is a big factor in? Oh, yeah. It's it's huge. Fears. I mean, fear is. I feel like the culprit of so many things. <laughs> Like not just change, but just it's it's like way deep down in all of all of us. We all have fear and we all have to constantly overcome fear on a daily basis. Some days you realize it and some days you don't. I think it's a daily basis, huh? Yeah. There's fear every day, every day. Are you going to walk into your job today and, I don't know, are you going to get fired? Are you going to get laid off? I mean, you might not be, you might not be thinking that every day, but it's there, right? It's there. Am I going to, am I going to come through with this presentation? Am I, am I going to get home in time to cook the kids dinner and then take them to baseball practice? It's like those things are fear-based. Not being yeah. able to. That's interesting because I don't, I don't like think about like all those stuff that you said. I don't, I don't think about that. Yeah, because it's not, I think people think of fear of like. I just don't fear that stuff. Like that stuff doesn't come up in my mind as fears. Which is okay. I mean, we're two different people, right? Yeah. And so it's like, but I'm. But that's what I mean. I think it's like a. I don't know. I think when you think of fear, like people think it's. It's this dramatic thing. But I think like the day to day is like there's like fear in your day to day. What and I was just using. It might not be those examples, but it might be. Yeah. I don't you know. know. Those, well, I mean, those are all things I can see you being fearful of. That's probably why I said them. That's why you said them. <laughs> but but and, I, and I'm different. And that so many times, like you've been worried about stuff, and I'm like, what? Like that's not an issue. You yeah. Know? And especially like earlier in a relationship, where like I didn't realize like you 
had a fear around that. Like, I need to talk it out with you for a minute or whatever. I'm just like, what? No. And just yeah. keep going because it didn't cross my but mind. But yours are other things. That's what I'm saying. I think like you face them every day. It just depends on. Yeah. Not everyone faces the same fears. I was just like throwing out examples. Sure. But I think there's like fear in everyone's day, at, you know, for something. And it doesn't like, I think. I mean, wow. So even thinking back to all the stuff that we just talked about as to why change is hard, it all amounts to like fear. Like even with yeah. people not supporting you, it's like the fear of being wrong, the fear of failing. Fear right. Of being Which is trauma. It's linked to trauma. Right. But trauma and fear are, you know, they go hand in hand. So struggling with change. I'm trying to I'm trying to break down everything we talked about to the simplest to the core like struggling with change is a combination of a lack of discipline which is ultimately a lack of self-love and understanding why mm-hmm. a deep motivating why and fear Yeah So if you are struggling to make a change. It comes down to one of those two things. Why? Why are you scared to make that change? Why are you scared to make that change? I heard a great question. I love questions. <laughs> yeah, I wrote do. a little book on questions called <laughs> the 42, <clears throat> which are 42 questions to build self-awareness. That The question was another way to think about that of why, you know, why are you scared of the thing that you're scared of? Because mm-hmm. that can be tough to answer. I struggle to answer that internally all the time. So an inverse, like an opposite version of that question to get to the same answer is this. It's a genius question. I didn't come up with it. I forget where I heard it. I wish I'd say it so I can quote it now, right, and give credit yeah. where credit's due. But it's genius. The question is, what are you benefiting? How are you benefiting from the things that you don't desire? Mm -hmm. From the situations you don't wish to be in? And I wish I could remember the exact question because it was a little bit more elegant than what I just said. Yeah. Hopefully you get the point of. Yeah. The reason that you're allowing this to keep going is you're getting some benefit from it. And that benefit, it could be hard of like, this is a horrible situation. How is there a benefit in the horrible situation? It's easy. It's easy. It links back to past trauma. It feels comfortable based on past trauma. Hard is is scary. It is certainty. Mm Mm-hmm. Like so many people stay in bad relationships or jobs they don't like because of certainty. Like that's the benefit. You have the bet. You know, I I get up, I drive in, I hate this job. Frank, the guy Frank's still sitting next to me. I don't like Frank. He's got to talk to me every day. I don't like this. Does he have a mustache? He's probably got a mustache. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't know. Because I saw saw Frank with a mustache. Do you think everybody who's got a mustache is a bad guy? That's no, funny. or or like you know, porn star. <laughs> porn star, such an eighties kid. I know. All right. Anyway, that does not at all go with what we're talking about. It doesn't matter. It's funny though. <laughs> I saw. Um, I was talking to my friends the other day. Instead of rock paper scissors, it was uh, mustache sideburns mullet. <laughs> <laughs> so which which beats which? You know, yeah, which like rock piece. Which, yeah, well, you got to figure it out. I don't know. I was trying to reverse engineer it. We we spent half a day talking about this, the hierarchy. What? So that. mustache, sideburns, mullet. Oh, the stash wins. The stash can't win at all. That's the point of rock paper scissors. Is not one thing is the best one. Yeah, they but all the beat each wins. other. The stash wins. <laughs> stash wins. <laughs> I feel like sideburns is the worst out of all that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Mullet's not too hot. 
I mean, unless you're Joe Dirt, <laughs> then it's just this. Anyway. I never knew you found Joe Dirt attractive. <laughs> I don't at all. Unless it's Joe Dirt. Oh. So what was that like meaningful thing you were just <laughs> saying? <laughs> I forgot. Can you say it in the Joe Dirt voice? No, I don't even know what the Joe Dirt voice is. <laughs> Spade's a funny guy. Um, yeah, when you, when when there is fear and unwillingness to go tackle something, there is a benefit that you are getting. And it's not necessarily a positive benefit, but, but it's serving you in some way. And recognizing that allows you to figure out how to serve yourself that same way right with something different it really just it just gets to the core of it yeah and and ultimately that's that's my solution for how to handle fear is you have to you have to think those fears through you have to visualize the fear everything around a situation like i want to change jobs what if I go to a job and the boss is horrible? What if I go over here and do this? And you visualize all that stuff out, and then you can think about logistical, practical terms. How do I handle those situations? And it takes fear from being an unknown to making it a known known that you can plan for. Right. Stuff's going to happen if you have a plan for it there. So and most fear is fear of the unknown. Right. And your mind starts ruminating. It's running wild. Yeah. You know, first thing it's like you're going to be, you know, what if there's traffic and I'm late to like, you know, the world's ended because yeah. there was traffic. Like it just spirals out of control. Right. Unless it's trauma-based fear, unless it's, you know, that's like the other fear is trauma-based fear. But even then, when you get to the root of what that trauma is, which hopefully is in like this lifetime. Otherwise you have to go to a medium or somebody and yeah. figure out if it's in a past lifetime. But you can sit there and say, is that same situation going to happen again? And a lot of times the answer is probably going to be no. Right. Like you had a s specific scenario with people and, and everything that happened that led to whatever that traumatic event was. Yeah. It's like, is that going to happen again? And if there's potential for that to happen again, how do you mitigate that? Right. How do you not put yourself in that situation again? Yeah. And so even around trauma-based fear, as long as you can do the self-work, which is so hard. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to do this. But if you if you do it, which all this, everything that we're talked about on this show ultimately requires courage courage is the thing that gets you to push through yep to stand on your own to believe in yourself when nobody else does to trust your intuition and to go forth and make the changes that you know you need to make in life even when nobody knows why yeah nobody cares why nobody understands why nobody's you so nobody's going to get it you know, no one's going to get even what, even between you and I, as well as we know each other, babe, like we still don't a hundred percent get everything that each of us wants to go do or why. Right. Cause we're not each other. You know? Yeah. Makes me think of the, the cowardly lion on the wizard of Oz. And like, he was really like the epic one on that show on that movie right was courage i mean like having a brain it's great having a heart absolutely but without courage you know and ultimately that's what dorothy needed too she didn't need a heart she didn't need a brain she needed the courage i thought she to, needed all three that's why they were there i mean but she needed the courage to go to the wizard to ask yeah. For her thing, you know, she needed the courage to, to do it all. I don't know. I always thought he was the most impactful 
player of that. Because you can you can't get anywhere without that, right? No. I mean that's I mean you do need all three. I'm not saying that you don't. <laughs> but, yeah, you need a lot of stuff, but courage. I mean you can be the smartest person with the biggest heart and stuff, but if you don't have the courage to go Yeah. In life, like it it Wow. Again, up there with discipline, courage. Courage makes my list of like probably the top four things you need. Discipline, courage, self-awareness. I forget what my other ones were I wrote in my, my notebooks a while ago. Yeah. But courage, courage is the thing that gets you through all of this stuff. Right. Ah, thanks for the conversation, babe. Yeah. Was I wasn't really, expecting was us to like break down change like that. I know. That, <laughs> it's not at all what we were going to be talking about tonight. But. It's all right. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah. So we never did the introduction. No. I don't th- it's probably too late now, but. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I didn't have my piece of paper here and I wouldn't didn't have my cheesy announcer voice ready to say, huh. welcome to Light the Way. <laughs> So I'm Aaron. I'm Melissa. So thank you very much for listening to us. Down in the show notes, there are links to our Instagram accounts. Yes. um, And a link to the website, which you can go to and actually leave us a voice message. So if you have a question or you want to add to this conversation and jump in with us, we more than love that. Um, Please go there and drop us a voice message and probably answer it on a, on a future show yeah and share please share this if if you thought this was a good episode if you like our podcast please share it with others yeah. we just want to put our words out there light the way for somebody else yeah that was so, good yeah you you roped in light the way in the cheesy way that i usually do i know you're learning i felt like aaron <laughs> had the courage to do it <laughs> well played babe well thank played. you thanks for listening good night <laughs>